I know the minute I go. Hello, old friends. It's me, your long-lost friend, Mike. Uh, I've been on a deserted island in the middle of the ocean for the last two years. Um, but my my fellow Jedi Knight, Sean, came in uh, the Millennium Falcon and picked me up um, to record this, a very special episode of the, you know, desiccated corpse that is the Francis Farmer Show. <laughs> Uh, we're back one night only to talk about the new Star Wars film, The Last Jedi. Um, I'm really happy to be here. Sean, it's good to hear you. Thank God I can't see you because both of us have grown these grizzled beards that are just, you know, they're really difficult to eat with. You know, I keep getting things stuck in them. Small, small fried porg. Yeah. Uh, see, now the dog's now the dog's whining. I'm sorry. <laughs> Willie, chill out. What, nothing's going on. He's just very upset by, about the thought of fried pork. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> Willie, shut up. Here. You want to come under? Come under the blanket? Come here. Okay. He's coming under the blanket. Okay. I'm leaving all this in the show, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's like... It's like magic, the way we just are able to just slip back into this. All right. Do I still sound okay? Because, like, now I've had to move my body to accommodate my dog. No, you're fine. Okay, good. All right. Should I do the intro again? No, seriously. I'm leaving all this in. No. (laughs) Oh, God. All right. So we're going to talk about the new Star Wars film, The Last Jedi, from director Ryan Johnson. Did he write this, too? He wrote it, too, right? Writer-director Ryan Johnson. He's he's Uh, an auteur. He's an auteur. That's what he does. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, we, we felt like even though I've given up on criticism and movies on the whole, uh, we felt like it's Star Wars. We did two other of these. You know, we talked about the original and we talked about Force Awakens. So, and and Turkish Star Wars. And Turkish Star Wars. That's right. So I felt like you know, it felt it felt right to come back for this, um, but this is like my it's I'm like contractual. It's like my Harrison Ford uh, mm-hmm. contract. So by the end of this, I will have died, and so that I will not be coming back after this. But Mur- murdered uh, by your own dog. Murder, yeah, he, that could be what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> Chekhov's dog is in the room. <laughs> so anyway. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything else to talk about, right? Do you want to set up the Star Wars? Do, do we, are we going to play a clip? No, let's just talk about the Star Wars movie. We should. Are we um, okay? <laughs> we should say that we're going to talk about like all of the Star Wars movies. So if you haven't seen it and you care, don't uh, don't listen to this until you. I think it. at this point. Nobody's listening anymore. I, I do. Anyway. I do think you were probably the last person who was going to see it that has seen it. Yeah, I think that's true. And actually, I I would have been later to seeing this. My brother uh, made the ultimatum. He's like, "Yeah, I'm in for Last Jedi, but only at Cinerama." And I was like, "Dude, we, get, we by the time we were talking about this, Cinerama was sold out, you know, for weeks. So I, this could have been January. So." You know, this it thing opened last week, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I I saw it I saw it two weeks ago, and then I saw it again a week ago. Yeah, I'm only like seven days behind. It's not that bad. <laughs> my kids saw it before you did. My this guy I work with, who's like in his sixties and like doesn't give a a damn about Star Wars. <laughs> I come into work on was it Monday? It must, I think it was Monday. He's like, "How was your weekend?" And we're all chatting and stuff. Uh, he's like, yeah, I went and saw the new Star Wars. I'm like, you saw the new Star Wars? Like, <laughs> did you even see the last one? I mean, it was weird. So, yeah, I'm I'm way behind. But, uh, you know, I, I don't move as fast as I used to, you know. Yeah, um, I, I, had a, I had a ticket for opening night that I uh, donated to my nephew. Once, uh, oh, yeah. Once I learned I was able to see the, the press screening of it. So. Wait, but then didn't you see it again? Wait, wait. And then I saw you... it. I, then I took my kids to see it on oh, uh, okay. this past Monday. Got it. So. By the way, little fun. aside. Yeah. Uh, it was good seeing you. By the way, on Wednesday when you came to Scarecrow for the first time in two years. See, I haven't podcasted in two years, but you haven't gotten to Scarecrow in two years, so I feel like we're both kind of even on yeah. that. But you know, you know, it was great though. I think everything I said to your children was a lie. I think I lied to your kids. I, every statement that I made to your children in the 15 minutes we were hanging out was a bald-faced lie. Yeah, they're, I, they're easy to lie to. They don't believe anything. They're pretty dumb. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they are, I mean, they are incredulous. Although, although, to be fair, Elizabeth did say, you know, when I said that uh, your mom and I are best friends, her mom and I are best friends, your wife, Yes. Uh, she did not believe me. Yeah, she's she's the smarter of the two. Yeah, she she caught that. She <laughs> she was like, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't add up. My mom would not be hanging out with this jackass." So um, that is true. Uh, unlike her father, who would right. hang out with this jackass. But yeah. anyway, yeah. Are we, do we want to talk about the Star Wars thing now? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the last Jedi, you just saw it today. I did. I saw the three thirty show at the Majestic Bay in Ballard. Ah, interesting. How did you like it? Uh, I I think it's fine. I mean, I, you know, I I will unpack a lot of my baggage over the course of the next four hours as mm. we discuss this thing. Um, I don't, uh, you know, I, I guess I'll deflate the balloon now. I don't love it unequivocally. I don't love it as much as it sounds like you love it. Um. And I and the other thing I want to say before we get into this is that um, not only was I the last person to see this thing, but I haven't read any. I haven't gone on Letterboxd for this thing. I haven't read any reviews of this thing. So I'm coming into this as cold as possible. So I I'm going to be talking about this, and maybe some of the points I'm going to bring up are things that like you know the cultural Twitter sphere have already like dissected and stuff, but. You know, just keep that in mind. <laughs> okay. But anyway, it's it's fine. I mean, I I I think it's better than the Force Awakens, um, and I think that there's, I think it's in kind of an, an interesting part of this of of the movie is that it's in kind of I think opposition or conflict with the Force Awakens, um, and I find that is one of the more interesting elements of it. Um, but I also don't think it's, I, I don't think it's as good as Revenge of the Sith, um, which I just recently rewatched, but we can delve into that in a little bit too, but, um, but it's good. I mean, it's, it's, you know, um, 
No, I think I think that's fair. It's, it's right around Revenge of the Sith for me as like my third, fourth favorite Star Wars film. Yeah, um, and I do want to say another, you know, yet another preamble, but uh, I I I do want to see it again. I feel like there's a lot of stuff, particularly in the first half, that like will probably play a little better once I I know where it's going and what have you. So you know, let's keep that in mind too. But um, but yeah, I, I feel like. One of the things I really latched on to, having just rewatched The Force Awakens, was that, like, it seemed like Ryan Johnson had, you know, he was working with, like, you probably a spec script or something for Force Awakens while he was writing this or whatever. Uh, and then I, it felt like he was like, okay, he, The Force Awakens comes out. He's like, okay, Snoke is pretty stupid. I'm going to kill that guy off. You know, <laughs> he's like, Kylo Ren's helmet, that's that's pointless. I'm going to get rid of that thing. Um, the whole Ray's parents mystery uh, let's just let's, let's just. It seemed like he was he was nitpicking the the things about the Force Awakens that kind of annoyed me, um, and was like, I'm gonna cross these off the list so we don't have to worry about them anymore, and uh, and so I, I commend him for that, um, and I also commend him for, you know, it is a very idiosyncratic Star Wars movie. It's not, it's not. Even though there's a lot of kind of allusions to particularly the Empire Strikes Back as the middle of the trilogy. Um, it's not hammering it home like uh, Force Awakens was with its, you know, um, New Hope kind of mirroring and all that kind of stuff. But um, but it does it does feel like a movie. Whereas J.J. Abrams is, I think we talked about this on the Force Awakens podcast. J.J. Abrams is is kind of a producer, you know, kind of shepherding this franchise. And Ryan Johnson feels more of like um, kind of a weirdo. Um, who, who, you know, was given a little bit more free reign to do, to do what he wanted. And I think some of it works really well. And I think some of it doesn't really work very well, but it's kind of, I think it's more fascinating than the force awakens. And I don't want to just compare the whole thing to the force awakens, but that's, that's my initial. No, I think, I think, uh, I think it very much invites those kind of comparisons. Like in, in a lot of ways, it's a, it's a response to, to, the Force Awakens and the expectations built up around Force Awakens. There's uh, been a lot of talk about how it's kind of a response to the whole uh, fan culture that uh, the Force Awakens uh, speculation about, like these mysteries in the Force Awakens, kind of uh, kind of inspired. And I mean, it's not exclusive to Star Wars, but it's a whole kind of cultural thing where everybody feels the need to like theorize and dissect every little bit of. Uh, the entertainment that they're watching right uh, like we're doing <laughs> right but i mean we're not coming up with like crazy fan theories that we then argue about in message board posts for years hey the podcast is young my friend yeah <laughs> <laughs> i got and, plenty of wacky theories up my sleeve here let me ask you this and, actually, well speaking, i think um, well, I think I think it I think it's neat how how that ties in with the the overall like thematic thrust of the story, which from both uh, both the Kylo Ren and the Luke Skywalker character come to the conclusion that they need to kind of reject the past and start over and build something new. And, right. Uh, the way that that dovetails with this kind of meta commentary on fan culture, I think, is is. Uh, is neat. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that that's a, a really strong element to the film, and uh, uh, it 
it needed to happen because um, you, you know, Disney can only go so far running on the, you know, the fumes of the uh, original franchise, as it were. Um, and speaking of original franchise versus, I also appreciate that Ryan Johnson um, actually embraces the prequels. Um, mm -hmm. It's not, it's not ex like overly explicit, but um, but he's not afraid. He doesn't shy away from the prequels, which I think is um, a pretty mature and kind of cool thing to do. Like he, um, they're canon, obviously, whether we like it or not, um, and obviously a lot of people don't. And um, as we discussed on the previous podcast, there's a lot I don't like in the prequels, um, but there's two elements in here. Um, one is Luke actually mentions Darth Sidious, which is um, kind of amazing. Um, you know, Emperor Palpatine's, uh, you know, Sith name. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. I was like, thumbs up for that. And then um, the casino planet, whatever that's called, the first shot of the casino planet thing, that is straight out of the prequels. Like, that gleaming kind of perfect facade of this you know columned structure or whatever i mean that was like i'm sure there's a shot just like that in the prequels and i and uh i was like hey he's not he's not pretending like the last three movies didn't exist you know so uh you know it's it's nice that he's he's moving on but he's also embracing the whole of what star wars is which is once again something that the Force Awakens, I think, um, tried to not do. Tried to, you know, tried to wipe certain things under the rug. Um, but Star Wars is kind of messy now, you know, uh, and I think you need to uh, accept that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it goes further than that. I think uh, I think Johnson kind of accepts the the thematic thrust of of the prequels and the the nature of. Uh, of the Jedi and and the Republic, um, and how it's it's kind of their own that their downfall is kind of their own fault. It's a result of the the kind of contradictions and, and arrogance of uh, of the Senate and the the Jedi Council, right? Which yeah, uh, and Luke Luke explicitly says that uh, yeah. early on, and yeah, he's he's like the hubris of the Jedi or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is which is apparent in 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 the prequels. Um, but it's, it's made more explicit, I think in, in the Clone Wars series, which, uh, I really like the, the extent to which, uh, Last Jedi kind of embraces the, the two animated series because both, both Clone Wars and, and Rebels build a lot on, on these kind of, uh, political critiques of, of the Republic and of the, uh, and the rebellion itself, which, uh. Mm -hmm. Which I think, which I think, are very interesting, and and kind of make this this new series uh, relevant to kind of present day politics in a way that the original trilogy was conceived as uh, a commentary on the politics of the nineteen seventies, and the prequel trilogy was intended as a commentary on on like the Bush era. Mm -hmm. I think, and I, yeah. I can't I can't speak to the the, the cartoon shows because I've I've seen. I saw the original Clone Wars, you know, uh, prior to 
Revenge of the Sith coming out. Um, I haven't seen the new stuff. I haven't seen Rebels and stuff. Um, but I do want to say I did. I did rewatch. Um, in addition to Force Awakens, I did rewatch Revenge of the Sith. Um, leading up to this, and it's funny now. I haven't seen Revenge of the Sith since um, it came out, two thousand five, which I saw like a few times back then. But I, I don't think I'd seen it since then. It's like over ten years now. Um, and it's funny the things that like. I liked back then that annoy me now and mm-hmm. the things that annoyed me back then that I really like now. And so like something like general grievous where at the time I was like, Oh wow, he's got four arms with lightsabers uh, <laughs> is pretty hokey now. And I'm like, this is kind of stupid. This character is kind of a waste, but the politics in revenge of the Sith, like um, I, a lot of people rag on like how much time is talked to spent during the prequels talking about, you know, uh, Senate rules and, you know, trade embargoes and all those kinds of things. But the politics is really interesting in the Revenge of the Sith. And I, I know that, you know, Star Wars nerds know, you know, they talk about this endlessly. But it was something that I was kind of surprised by watching it again. I was like, this is actually, like, Lucas is really getting into some thorny things here. Um, and uh, I really applaud that. Yeah, I think uh, I think you know you you talk about how the Force Awakens is kind of uh, as distancing from that, and I think at least the way that Johnson has has framed it with the Last Jedi, it it changes the way we read the politics of of the Force Awakens. Like, and and my my theory on this, which I think is borne out in in the films, is that the reason why you have the the First Order come back is because the initial rebellion, it overthrows the empire, and all it does is just reestablish the old republic. The status quo. Right. Uh, The previous system. But the previous system was... Didn't work. Essentially flawed. And that's why the empire came about in the first place. So in just reestablishing this old republic, this old previous system, restoring the people who had been out of power back to power doesn't do anything to fix like the fundamental flaws in the intergalactic society and so like the rise of a first order and then a resistance to counteract that becomes inevitable the, right. the galaxy is just stuck in this cycle of you know fascism rebellion fascism rebellion and i think the uh the the casino world sequences kind of point to these essential flaws that were not addressed in the republic just the the nature of galactic capitalism basically right yeah and unfortunately for me i really i like the casino i like the themes that the casino planet is dealing with um in the abstract i don't think that sequence works for the movie like i i it's hearts in the right place i totally agree with its politics and i think it's it's really interesting where it's going um but I feel like narratively that section is really weak. Like, I feel like it's a little too blunt. Um, it's, it's really blunt um, in its critique. Um, and, and it, and it, it kind of, I see, do I want to get into my problems with this movie now? I guess I do. Well, I think, uh, I mean, I think, yeah. I think, I think that's a, a fair criticism. I think uh, Johnson does some stuff with it, which is, which are, which are interesting. Uh, first of all, the initial cut to the sequence, um, when, uh, 
Rose is describing the planet as like full of like the worst people in the world, and you're expecting like a Moss Eisley kind of thing, place with like uh, underworld nefarious figures, and it's instead a cut to like this 1930s musical, like uh, right. rich people, Great Gatsby party. Uh, I think that cut is is hilarious and really yeah. smart, um, and also just Finn's reaction to it because we're seeing it all through through Finn's eyes he's the he's the hero here he's the character that we know and his like sheer excitement at seeing all of this fun stuff uh and then blinds him to the yeah well and then slowly kind of revealing the the stuff that underlies all of that all of that flash and wealth and and uh hedonism uh is a very clever way of doing that. And yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not like a sophisticated uh, analysis of a political economy, but it's, well, so, it, but it's something that's been absent from every other Star Wars feature. Well, and that's why I said, like, I like it in the abstract. I think it's a really, it's a, it's a good thing to inject into the kind of the, the, the franchise and stuff. And I think, it, I think, like you said, it, it points to a, a you know, dealing with something below the surface of of the the Republic versus the Empire um, dichotomy, but and I also this, this, I, <laughs> I do think it, I, I think it, it does play better the second time you see it because you know where it's going. Like the first time, you're like wanting to get to the plot, and you're like, why are, why do we care about these like stable boys? This this is boring. Um, but it, it, it flows better when you see it a second time. Like it doesn't, it, it, it like physically doesn't seem to take as much time out of the story. And then it, it, it comes, when it comes together at the end, it all kind of fits together. See, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't like the final, the, the final shot, the final part of the movie. Like I, I know where he's going with that, uh, but I don't. I don't like it. <laughs> um, did you see? Yeah. Did you see the kid use the force? I saw the kid use the force because a lot of people missed that. No, he grabs the broom like, with the yeah. force. I, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I just, I, I know what he's trying to do. It just, it was a little too hokey. And and yeah. and the other thing with me, it's and this is a lot, definitely hokey. It's very hokey. And I, I like once once again, I know what he's saying. It just was a little too much. Um, narratively, I, I did the whole thing. I felt could, okay. First of all, this movie is really long. <laughs> it's really long. Like it, I, 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 feel I loved it. it. I wanted another hour. I really I felt the end. length. <laughs> um, I the fact that they like it, it seems. It slows the movie down when it's like there's there's a threat that is fairly imminent with them trapped, kind of, you know, just inching away from the uh, the first order in space there with their ships, and it's like we need a lock picker. So now we're gonna fly to a whole other planet. We're gonna get captured. We're gonna meet this guy. It just really it kind of takes the momentum out of like the the bigger threat there um, to the movie. Um, and then, um, I, a, a big problem with this movie for me is, and it's weird because I, I think the, um, the set design and the, the, um, 
the worlds, like that salt world at the end is really cool looking. I think that's really awesome. But the character design in this movie, like the creature designs, I think are uniformly terrible. I think they're just really bad. There's oh, come the, on. The porgs? No. The porgs are... No. 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 The, the, sorry. The dinosaur nuns? Dinosaur nuns? Dinosaur nuns, whatever. That's but The, 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 the walrus the, who provides green milk for, for Luke? Yeah. The... Sure, we'll throw him in there, or her, or whatever. Her. Um, yeah, her, obviously. Well, you never know. Well, yeah, um, yeah, it's true. And then, um, the yeah, the creatures that are on the casino planet that they save, or whatever. And then those stupid crystal foxes in the on the salt planet. The crystal planet, foxes like, are cool. No, oh, God, no. Those like, things are cool. Oh, no, see, it's, it's weird. Like, all of those designs, like, felt... They, my brother on the way out, he was complaining like the CGI-ness of it. And I, I don't know if it's the CGI, but it's, I didn't like any of those creatures. Not, not mm. one of them. Like they, I didn't care for them. They, they, they felt out of place at times, depending on which one we're talking about. Um, the por- what was the point of the porgs? There's no point. Like the porgs are like, uh, I think, uh, I think Johnson is, uh, kind of, Poking fun at, at Lucas's, yeah, at Lucas's like uh, like the Lucas Spielberg idea of like having like cute animals because like if you uh, put all of like the the parameters for cuteness into a computer and made it come up with an animal, it would come up with the porg, <laughs> like just those giant eyes and the sad faces and the cute little like wings and the waddling and it's like the it's how like, is that a commentary if you're putting it like I mean. Because it's it's like uh it's like reducing the idea to like its uh, most extreme absurdity in the same way as is as he does with the the crazy caper. Like I I think this is like the craziest caper in any Star Wars movie, even more so than like the the crazy like you have to go to this place and push a button at the climax of Rogue One. I think uh, the idea of you're breaking off from this chase to go find a code breaker to break into yeah it, the whole thing is just insane and silly and uh yeah see i see it what it made what it made me think of <laughs> i put this in my review and and uh it made me think of the affordable care act it's like the affordable care act of plot devices like rather than just doing like the simple and obvious thing you have to come up with like a crazy bizarre scheme in order to do it I, I I don't know why that's good. I, I don't know. I, I thought, know I thought it was the, funny. <laughs> but once again, it takes me out of the narrative, out of the movie, oh, and wow. and then the poor because you're you're invested in these characters that are it's imminent death, you know, mm-hmm. coming forward, and then it's like, oh, I'm gonna take the piss for twenty minutes while we go and hang out with Benicio Calrissian and do like I mean. I don't know. It just does. That doesn't work for me. Like, yeah. you know, like I'm not sitting there smirking along with Ryan Johnson's secret, you know, kind of meta commentary that you think is there. I, I feel like it's, it feels misplaced to me. I don't know. Like that, no, that I was, doesn't, I was totally smirking. Uh, and well, <laughs> personally, I think I, you know, I spent over the last year, 
I watched like all of the the Clone Wars series and and the Rebel series. So I'm, and that's the Star Wars that I had watched before going into this. So I think I was a little more used to those like kind of TV series rhythms where they would have like a subplot that would take up like a whole episode. So that's like this one episode within a larger story arc. And and that approach to the storytelling, which is different from how you would do a feature film, I think I was just more in that rhythm, so it didn't seem as jarring to me as as, as some other people, I think. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the thing is, is that, like, once again, comparing it to The Force Awakens, I feel like... Um, where the force awakens the first 40 minutes of the force awakens is like really really good and then it kind of gets worse as it goes along it does get worse it doesn't kind of get worse it gets worse as it goes along um this one is 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 once again kind of the inverse of that where like i feel like the final hour of this uh is awesome like i had no idea where it was gonna go i didn't i mean there's certain beats that you can call i mean you know luke is gonna show up or whatever but like um like like it i did like how it kind of piled on climaxes uh, <laughs> like you feel like okay they're gonna escape and go to this planet and then all's gonna be well and it's like no that's not the case and then there's like four or five uh fake out endings there mm-hmm. um and i kind of and i actually really like that i think that's pretty cool um and yeah, so I, I, think- I i feel like the movie like watching the first hour of this including like the casino stuff um, I, I was like kind of sitting there like, uh, what, this doesn't feel right. This is kind of, uh, um, but then it's like, oh, this final hour is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the For- the force awakens is all, it's all forward, forward momentum. It's one thing, then another, then another, then another. And there's like no, there's no stopping. It's, it's like, it's like the first star Wars in that way, where it's just a straight line all the way through. Um, whereas, you know, this one has a lot of little digressions and like little narrative bits that don't necessarily have anything to do with like the major story or you know it's more it's more digressive and Mm -hmm. i i didn't mind that i I was never impatient to get back to the uh to general hux and his chase Uh uh-huh yeah Uh, yeah i mean i i I get what you're saying and and like once again like i feel like the some of the idiosyncrasies there are, are, are fun and, and engaging, but um, some of them just, uh, it's like, ah, you know, <laughs> it's uh, fine. It's not, it's not, you know. Yeah. I mean, my, my least favorite of the three major plot strands is not the, the Finn Rose one. It's, uh, it's the, the Poe, <laughs> uh, like mansplaining how to captain a ship to Laura Dern. Uh, I thought, um, I thought that was, uh, I mean, it would it was fair and it was hilarious uh, seeing Laura Dern like smack him down, but uh, you know it, it seemed like kind of a stretch that she like wouldn't explain the basic plan to him or that he would be so willing to mutiny against you know his leadership, but you know. Uh, you know, I I'm gonna have to disagree with you on this one. Uh, hang on, my dog is like whining at me right now. Hang on, Willie, what's the problem? You gotta go pee. I'm gonna I'm gonna pause for a second. See if he has to go to the bathroom. Hang on. Okay. Let's go. A sec. Okay. You still there? I am. Okay. You gonna leave all that in? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. I, I, I feel like, and maybe it's just because one of the biggest flaws in The Force Awakens is that Poe's character is completely underserved. Like, he shows up in the beginning, he has this cool escape, he yeah. disappears for, like, the entire movie, comes back with, like, the, the weakest, you know, deus ex machina of all time. He's just like, oh, I, you know... I, I was looking for you. <laughs> yeah, hey, oh! Like, how, how'd you get off the planet? You, anyway. Um, <laughs> um, and so, like, I actually kind of liked the um, his arc in this, where he, you know, he he's you know kind of the brash, hot-headed guy, and um, he, I don't know, I, I felt like Johnson kind of sold his his learning curve there, where he goes from this kind of you know reckless uh, rebel, for lack of a better term, um, you know, who who doesn't see the big picture, and then kind of. I, I feel like that kind of worked, and I, and I was and I was just happy to see more Oscar Isaac in this movie. Um, no, he he's great. I mean, and if it works at all, it's because of him and and, and Laura Dern. And Laura uh, Dern is great. She's so good. She's so good. Yeah, it's, it's and, just of of the three plots, that was the one that worked the least for me. Okay, I mean, the, um, yeah, I I thought that was, I, yeah, I I I I fell into that. Um, plot no problem but I mean whatever um, well let's talk about I mean since it is that, called yeah that leaves the the Luke and Ray stuff is, right. is that your your favorite of the three storylines <sighs> you know I the verdict's still a little out on that like hmm. um, obviously as a fan of the Empire Strikes like my favorite part in the Empire Strikes Back is Luke training with Yoda like that's probably my favorite part of any of the Star Wars movies um, and it goes into just my appreciation and we've talked about this on previous podcasts for films like 36 Chamber of Shaolin where um, it's it's a it's about the process and it's about you know learning you know uh, the tools behind the the power and all those kinds of things and and so I like that um, I I did not quite like the execution of it as much as I as I was hoping I would. I I feel like Luke doesn't give as much. There's like I don't there's think I get enough. Of, there's not a lot of training going on. There's not a lot of training going on, but then there's also like Luke is so reserved, like like that it's kind of hard to engage like with him in it. Um, it, And once again, this might play better on rewatch now where I know where the the film is going and stuff, but um, it feels like Luke puts up that brick wall and, and it takes forever (laughs) for uh, Ray to like get in, um, find a way in there. Um, But it's great seeing Mark Hamill. Um, Love me some Mark Hamill. Um, and I lo- and, and Ray, I said this. Um, I think the second time I saw Force Awakens, um, I, I said that you know it's it's not close to being the best Star Wars movie, but uh, I think Ray's the best Star Wars character, and I I still believe that. I think Ray, I think Daisy Ridley's performance, and I also just think the character of Ray is the most fascinating character in Star Wars. Um, mm. 
period. <laughs> there, there's there's been a lot of talk about about how interesting Kylo Ren is coming out of this movie. I like I, I like Kylo Ren a lot too. Um, I I think that and I think I I think John Johnson gets a, a gold star for that. Like I think he he really took kind of that um, anger and kind of recklessness that's shown in the Force Awakens and actually put something behind it. And I thought that was I thought that's he, Kylo Ren is probably. Um, better served by this movie than maybe Ray is on the whole, but I think Ray had so much going for her coming into this movie, and it's maintained because she's she's so interesting, and um, and the choices that she makes in this movie I think are interesting. Um, but yeah, I would say those two are definitely the the more uh, the most um, interesting and engaging. Although I do also like I I like how um, Finn. We talked about this on the Force Awakens podcast where. You know, Finn is a character that's always running away, and I and I feel like I I, I really liked how um, Johnson kind of closed the loop on that with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I thought that was really cool. Um, like he he maintained it as a through line for this story, but then he he made he resolved that arc, um, yeah. which I thought was really cool. Um, and I and I think he does a lot of really interesting plate spinning here, and he gets a lot of once again going back to what I was saying at the beginning, where he's he's kind of. Um, I think he's he's whittling this down um, in in a lot of respects. In, in like obviously, um, character wise, like we're getting rid of Snoke and we've lost like almost the entire resistance. We're down to like you know a, a dozen or a Baker's dozen of uh, of rebel fighters at this point. And I'm sure that the next movie is not going to be a super intimate <laughs> chamber <laughs> drama or anything like that. But wouldn't that be weird if it was? It would be kind of weird, right? Um, but but I do like how the the movie kind of, you know, the Last Jedi funnels everything um, and gets to this kind of uh, it, it gets to a quiet place and 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 we're down to like the bare bones at the end of it, and I think that's really interesting. Um, you know, it makes it more intimate. Like it, it's not, it's interesting. It's a really interesting idea to like. Um, have to rebuild the rebellion, you know, um, and it's and it's interesting that the emperor's quote unquote character has already been overthrown in the second movie and stuff like that. Um, so I, th- I think he's getting rid of the extraneous stuff, but then he's also introducing a character um, like Rose, which I think is a really fascinating character and something that is really vital to the uh, franchise and the saga. I think that um, her character is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, she's like the first bona fide worker hero in the series. Yeah, it's like you've had you've had like wizards and knights and pirates and, but you've never had. A, hey, you've had moisture farmers. You know, a farmer, but you've never had <laughs> like an, an industrial worker. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I, I feel like her name is. I mean, maybe I'm maybe being a little on the nose here, but I mean, it makes me think of Rosie the Riveter, um, you know, it's, and it seems like it's pushing this kind of, you know, uh, you know, like you said, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like there's a, you know, she's got a strong union behind her. You know what I mean? Like, Definitely. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so I find that really um, interesting. And, 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 and the, the way that she plays off of Finn, um, and the kind of war that he's going through. I think the, those two together is really cool. I just, 
Um, unfortunately, I didn't like where their story took them uh, narratively, you know. But that's it's okay. Um, and I, you know, I do want to say, uh, I had a feeling going into this. I, I don't know what it was, but I, 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 I knew Yoda was coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just. I think you said when we when we talked about Force Awakens, the first minute you saw Harrison Ford, you were like, "Well, he's this is his last movie or something like that." Mm. And this one, I was like, the minute we get with Luke uh, on the on the uh, island, whatever the planet's called, or whatever, uh, I was like, "I think Yoda's gonna." <laughs> I I love that it was the puppet Yoda, and oh, not totally. the CGI Yoda. Totally, that was really cool. Uh, yeah, totally. Frank Oz, uh, killing it. I wonder if, I'm sure he probably did the puppeteering, right? Yeah, he did. I think he, he's, yeah, yeah. he's okay. credited, I think. Okay. Uh, I mean, I know he did the voice, but. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know if he did, like, the actual puppeteering. Yeah. But um, I, I like I like that this means that, like, the that Yoda, some, somehow the process of, like, exile after the Clone Wars aged Yoda to the point that he stopped being CGI and became, like. A puppet. A puppet. <laughs> <laughs> sure. It's just like um, part of the natural life cycle of whatever species Yoda is. Well, it was also really nice to see, and I, I, I appreciate these touches. Uh, you know, this this is the type of fan servicey, and it's not even fan servicey. That's why I like it, I guess. Um, I like how Yoda is kind of his impish self again, where he kind of does that little like dance, you know, when he's uh, pleased uh, with Luke's. Um, you know, goofiness. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) uh, And he does that because, because that was missing from the prequels and what have you, like the Yoda that was uh, kind of mischievous and kind of, you know, uh, yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, I I really like that little, he he does his little dance or his his little, um, whatever it is. Um, Well, Luke, Luke, Luke really needs something to play something somebody like that to play off of him because he's so earnest with everything like in in the first movie it's it's han solo who kind of who deflates him but in in uh in empire it's yoda yeah and he doesn't really have that in return of the jedi and uh he doesn't obviously have that in his relationship with ray so he it really needed yoda to come back and kind of show him that he's being dumb again right because it's yeah. like the defining trait of Luke as a character is he always does the dumb thing because he's right. always thinking emotionally. Like I, I, I really like what what Johnson does with with the Luke character. Apparently, Mark Hamill was not on board with it right away, and a lot of uh, the fans out there are upset for dumb reasons. Um, but uh, I, Wait, I really what did they want? They wanted Luke to be a superhero. That's wanted him stupid. to not have flaws. That's stupid. Yes, because Luke was, <laughs> Luke was always flawed. Luke is constantly screwing up. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's I mean, oh, that's stupid. People are stupid. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I actually, like I said, it was hard to penetrate Luke in the beginning uh, of it. Um, but I do like I, I agree with you a hundred percent on the, the fact that um, when he does kind of break. Um, and we've got, and, and then Yoda shows up and, and they're kind of watching the burning of the library or whatever. Um, I thought that was a really smart move and I, and it, and it worked really well. Um, 
Yeah, and it's 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 a logical conclusion to reach with with that character because he he was not never fully trained as a Jedi. He was never all that wise. Like there is no indication in Luke's character that he would be a good teacher and that he would know what to do in you know adverse times. Like the the fact that you know what what happened to turn you know to convince Kylo to go to the dark side is Luke's fault, but that's totally understandable mm-hmm. from from both their points of view, which is the whole, you know, it's kind of the whole point of Star Wars. Right. And it's something that, like, Revenge of the Sith, like, almost, almost explained, but didn't quite, either through, like, a, a flaw in in Conception or Hayden Christensen or, or right. I think, like, the... The treatment of Natalie Portman's character in in those two films, but I think this is a much more convincing version of how somebody who was on the fence would turn to the dark side. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, I I it's it's definitely handled better here than it is in in the prequels, um, and and feels more honest or, or feels like. Uh, more fully realized, I guess. Um, and, and it didn't take three movies to do it. It only only took, uh, like 20 minutes or something. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Um, although you know what though, going back to revenge of the Sith, the sequence right before, um, uh, Hayden Christensen as Anakin does finally decide to, to join forces, uh, with, uh, Darth Sidious or whatever the the wordless quiet cutting between him and Natalie Portman uh, is really good and I think it, I don't think people notice it that much because it's like the only quiet moment in probably the entire prequels nobody says anything there's like no music on the soundtrack and that part works really well but anyway yeah, I'm just I not th- talking about the prequels I think I think Revenge of the Sith is like really good at, at like almost explaining how Samuel L. Jackson is at fault. Yeah, like it's it's like right there, but it doesn't quite Stick make the sense. landing. Uh, yeah, I will say that the the whole Anakin character and the Anakin Padme relationship, just everything about that, is vastly improved by the Clone Wars series. I'm um, not surprised. Yeah, you 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 get to see Anakin as a hero. It's like the uh, the badass Jedi and pilot that he's supposed to be. He uh, has his own uh, trainee that he's responsible for, and uh, uh, and she is a fascinating character on on her own. And and her ultimate fate uh, informs a lot of what you know it would, in theory, up, go on in Revenge of the Sith if. Uh, if Lucas had, you know, included her at all in the right. story. Right. Um, no, it's, it's, it's a really great show. I, I recommend it to any Star Wars fan and Rebels yeah. too. Like, uh, there are like some bad episodes of Clone Wars, but there's also one where, where Anakin and, and Padme and C-3PO, uh, remake Notorious. Who's C-3PO in that? Uh, he's just like hanging out. Is he Claude Rains? No, uh, 
<laughs> Padme is the Ingrid Bergman character, and Anakin is the Cary Grant, and it's it's really cool. And there there are other like little movie references, and there's like a just a ton of of really interesting, really cool, well developed characters over over mm. the five seasons. There are like some bad episodes. There's like an episode where Jar Jar Binks, you know, has a romance, but. Uh, <laughs> No, on, on the whole, it's good. And Rebels is is really good too. Although it starts out as more of like a, a kid show, it it over the course of its run, it becomes like a really interesting look at the early days of the rebellion. And uh, it improves uh, Rogue One a lot. Like the Forrest Whitaker character in Rogue One, that's just kind of annoying in the movie. He makes a lot more sense when given the context of the the TV series. Mm. Where in the latter seasons he he plays a somewhat significant role, kind of highlighting the the splits within the rebellion between its more radical and and reformist wings. That seems like a lot of work, though. You know, no, it's like, a good show. Like, I know, but I'm just saying, like aliens like, and battles and no, sure, you know, I get scoundrels that. and just, lightsaber fights and it 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 just gets you know it it gets tiring and I, I, hey, more power to you, you know. That's great. And they get, but, like, Liam Neeson plays Qui-Gon Jinn in, like, three episodes of Clone Wars. They got Liam that's Neeson fun. to do it. Hey. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker plays his character on, on Rebels. I just... I, this goes into the whole kind of, like, marvelness of the thing, of stuff, and now, like, I, I don't have the time, the energy, or the inclination to, like, have to, like kind of absorb these, you know, auxiliary things to fully appreciate the thing that's in front of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that gets exhausting. Uh, but, I mean, part of the fun of, of Star Wars, like, the reason why it's always been so compelling is because it is, like, an elaborately realized world. Yeah, but you where... can watch, you can watch, uh, you know, Empire Strikes Back and not, and not need to have... Anything sure, beyond sure. the first movie. I don't. I don't think you, know? you, you need to have them, but that doesn't mean that they're not enhanced by having them. Like the more the more context, the better. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I get it. I mean, you know, we've got a, we've all got our fandoms, and I I feel like, and this isn't a bad thing, but yeah, I do feel like with Star Wars, my my time has kind of past. I'm Luke Skywalker at this point with, well, I, with, with Star Wars, which is fine. It's not a bad thing. I, I think the difference between between like this, between Star Wars and what's going on with Marvel is that all the Marvel movies are the same. They all look the same. They all sound the same. They all tell the same story. And it's right. boring. But oh, it's so boring. All, all of these Star Wars things are different. The original trilogy is different from the prequel trilogy, is different from the TV series, is different from the sequel trilogy, which is different from, from even Rogue One, is, is very different from, from the other two movies. Right. I think, and, you know, in, in, some in, in some good ways and in some not-so-good ways. Yeah. But they all, they all fit together to describe a coherent universe that is entertaining. If yeah, not, no, it's, yeah, it's yeah. entertaining. I will, I will say this though. I, I'm disappointed in both J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson. Their wipes are just—it's not—they're not on. The are level there? Of are there even any wipes in Last Jedi? I didn't even notice any. There's two. 
Really? There's like two wipes, and and there's a couple moments. I forget what it was now. There was one moment where I was like, when this scene ends, there's perfect time for a sweet wipe. Didn't happen. I yeah. can't remember what part it was, but yeah, there's like two wipes in the whole thing. That has and to be I'm intentional. Like, they have to be like intentionally not having wipes. Well, but but Why there are <laughs> wipes. But are so there cool. are wipes. Like I know wipes. Like. Wipes, wipes are Star Wars, you know, and yeah. um, and so yeah, that if these obligatory wipes are just kind of, it'd be better if there weren't. If it'd be better if there weren't any wipes at all. All, mo- like all movies should all movies should have wipes. I think. I agree. I think uh, a peach upon where is that the call? Where where are your wipes? That's right. Hong Sang Soo. That's the next thing he needs to add. <laughs> just. Wipes, <laughs> wipes left and right, zoom, and up and down. Just zooms and wipes. That's Iris is in, Iris is out. <laughs> wipes all over the place. I mean, it would it would really improve everything. Um, they're, they're, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. it when when they when the there's a, there's like two wipes in this, and there's like two wipes in the Force Awakens, and they feel like they they feel like they they were obligated to put them in, but then just by putting them in, it highlights the fact that those are some weak wipes you know what i mean like i'd rather not have wipes were there wipes in rogue one i don't remember i don't, I don't think there i were. don't think so if, think if so, there I were don't. i don't i don't recall them yeah but you notice every wipe in in the prequels oh the wipes are so in, good in the, the original prequels. trilogy they're so good yeah and you know i it's i don't know maybe they're just giving giving lucas his wipes like George, George did that. That's his thing. <laughs> oh, you think you think in his contract with Disney, they're like, "Here's four billion dollars." No, no, I, I think I think, we'll, I think let, we'll let you have a couple of. Wives I think they're they're doing it out of out of respect for George. Is that they're not they're not taking his device. They're they're letting that be his. Right. Well, if you want to see wipes, you got to watch the George Lucas movies. We'll give you C three PO. Lucas, you know Lucas. <laughs> He's really good at certain things. He's really mm-hmm. good at his wipes. He's really good at his sound design. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy, you know, he's he's not a total hack. You no, know? Lucas everybody great. thinks he's a hack. People are great. Hack. I love. I'm like I'm I'm one of the few people who who love the prequels and the original trilogy. Yeah, you get, you get like people who love the original trilogy and hate the prequels, or love the prequels and hate the original. I I love it all. Wait, there are people that wait. Yeah. No. Yeah. There are people that love the prequels but hate the original trilogy. You should spend some time on Twitter. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. What? Yeah. How I don't Wait. Know. I don't don't, explain don't ask me to that explain. To me. I I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. This, these kids are weird. I I love them all. Uh, well, you know, that's great. I I I love a few of them and I like some of them and I hate some others. <laughs> It's all great. So that's that. It's that's yeah. So, <laughs> well, do you have anything else to say about the last Jedi? We haven't even talked about Carrie Fisher. Oh, did you? Were you upset with her uh, gravity-defying moment? You know, when it started, I was like, "This is kind of silly." But then, as when they committed to it, I was like, "I kind of embraced it." I was kind of like, "That's kind of dope, actually." Yeah, I got so, I got like a little teary eyed every time she was on on screen, and and that was like the most. 
It's a really, yeah, I it's a really it, I, kind of... I think it's a really beautiful moment. I love it. Yeah, I, I, I know that they didn't know that she was, you know, um, going to die. <laughs> when they, when, yeah. I mean, when they made this. Um, so one, it's kind of eerily prescient the way her character and the, the plot with her plays out in this movie, like seeing her like comatose or whatever for a while. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's kind of eerie. Um, but also at the same time, I'm sad because we're not going to get, I'm sure they're going to do something to like make closure for Carrie Fisher, but I'm sure that this has thrown off, you know, certain plans and, um, but it is a nice send off to her. I mean, um, I, I, I said this when I watched force awakens, um, that when she first shows up in that fucking movie, every time when she lands on that planet and, uh, sees Han, I, I just lose my shit every time. Like I, I don't know. There's something about it. Carrie Fisher, I don't know. I, so I really great. love her. She's so great. She's yeah. so great. I think the 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 main theory right now is that the next film is going to have some kind of time leap uh, between the end of Last Jedi and the beginning of the next one, which will account for her absence. Like, it'll jump, like, ten years in the future or something. Mm. Mm. And have you know, the the First Order having consolidated power and the Rebels, you know, having grown beyond the uh, the Lounge and the Millennium Falcon. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and then leading up to some kind of final battle. And in that way, you can, you can explain away how Leia just isn't around anymore. Right. Is... Abrams is directing that, right? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, so no good... But Ryan Johnson's doing his like own trilogy or something. Is yeah, that what... yeah, yeah. They, yeah, it's they inter- really it's, like it's, the Ryan Johnson. It's interesting the way that Disney is 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 working because they they fired uh, the they fired Han- everybody. Yeah, they, they fired, fired the, the Han Solo movie directors. Uh, they may or may not have undercut the Rogue One director with reshoots. Oh, I thought that was I thought that was pretty well established it's it's unclear how much was just standard reshoots on uh on a blockbuster versus like completely reworking the film and Uh, then they took uh colin what's his face off of the uh yeah and then they fired uh trevorrow from for the third one but then they they clearly give ryan johnson Johnson, they give him a whole trilogy so I mean, that, but I feel good about that because, um, you know, once again, you know, I don't think, um, you know, Last Jedi, and you know, Verdict is still, I'll see it again, but um, I, I'd rather Ryan Johnson get three three films to play around with because I, I do think that he's he's a smart guy. I think he I think he understands um, what makes Star Wars successful, but he's not completely like reverent to it like he's not he doesn't as as we talked about kind of narratively in this it's kind of about moving on and i think he gets that um and i think those other folks you know um would just be kind of hacks Um. yeah i mean none of them are are particularly distinctive directors on their own not that that ryan johnson is like a hong sang Su. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he, he's, but, he's, he's, a, he's a very fine young director who has made a, a couple of, of good movies, uh, but he hasn't, you know, made anything 
this is my favorite of his movies so far. Yeah, I've only seen uh, uh, I haven't seen Brothers Bloom. Um, I like Brick, um, yeah. and Looper is interesting. I mean, it, it Looper. I kind of want to see Looper again because it's kind of like Last Jedi, where um, it it went to places I wasn't expecting it to, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily think that it was wholly successful in where it went. But I also got to tip my cap to him for doing something that was kind of um, unexpected. So yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, I I think I think he's exactly the kind of person who you want directing a Star Wars movie. Like he's right. he's not a hack, but I mean, it's also not. He's not David Lynch. Yeah, like I mean, you would, yeah. I mean, although you know, you know, we would love a David Lynch movie, but a David Lynch Star Wars movie, but like that would not be a fit at all. Well, which is why David Lynch said no to Lucas. You know, right. he was like, yeah, with, with the, that's what I mean by that. I mean, I would. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Bring Laura Dern back. David Lynch's Star Wars. Psh, I'm there. I mean, come on. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, I think yeah. you're right. I think Ryan Johnson is kind of the the right fit for all of those needs. Um, and I do, I do have to say, you know, like you were saying with Disney, I, I feel like Disney's done Star Wars well so far in its three uh, feature films. Like I, so I, I don't think, yeah, so, so far they'll run it into the ground. I'm sure. <laughs> um, but um I don't know if this is Kathleen Kennedy. Who's I, th- kind I of think this is. This. I think this is the difference. I mean, I don't think this has anything to do with Disney. I think it's the difference between Kathleen Kennedy and and Kevin Feig in, yeah. in charge of the Marvel movies. Right. Um, I think she just has a much better idea of how to do franchises in a way that will keep them interesting and fresh and and exciting. So yeah. far. Is there another one next year? Yeah, the solo, the Ron Howard. <laughs> Wait, Ron Howard's directing the yeah. Ron Solo movie? Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, Ron Howard took it over. Oh, God. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> I think that answers our question. Which, which I mean, should, uh, should be interesting, because, you know, he was the star of American Graffiti. Oh, the, oh, the <laughs> which, yes. which starred Harrison Ford. Yes, that's, that's and, clearly... And gonna be the 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 way i'm gonna get into the oh, that's weird i hope that's i hope really all weird. of the cast of american graffiti gets to direct a star wars movie I want, i'd see suzanne summers I want, star wars I want, movie i want wolfman jack star wars movie i want cindy <laughs> williams star wars movie yeah richard <laughs> dreyfus's star wars movie which would just be like a neil simon play but he would yeah uh, i i you know yeah. <laughs> oh my god ron howard i think i do remember reading that but it it, it yeah, felt they, like a fever dream you know yeah, it didn't... They, they fired the the lego guys and <laughs> they put ron howard in and, and put in one well they needed they needed somebody you know who who was competent who would who would take direction and get things finished on right. on time and under budget right and would not have too much of a personality to get in the way of what disney wanted and that is Ron Howard to a T. <laughs> Who's writing it? Oh, I have no idea. I, I assume it's like the original script that the Lego guys did. Right. Oh, man. That's too funny. <laughs> yeah. Well. But there's that. But for and, now. And then there's episode got... nine the year after that. And then uh, I think the after that is you know, another thing they have planned is the, the Ryan Johnson trilogy. Right. Which nobody knows anything about yet. 
porgs all the time. The, por porgs. the porg movie. Just the porg. Yeah. The battle for porg. What, por what's porgies. The <laughs> what's the battle of, battle of Endor? Uh, those uh -huh. Ewok movies? It's going to be like those. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well. Re Rebels is... Uh, his ending is run. It's got like one half a season left. It's coming back in the spring, so that's a shame. Well, that's a good show. Don't, don't you want to find out what happened to Darth Maul? He didn't no. die. He didn't die. He's still alive. What? He was cut in half and thrown down a shaft. Yeah, but he's a, he's you know a Sith Lord. Mm. Crazy. But crazy there can only happen. be two Sith at one time. Yeah, it's funny how that works. See, there's there's clearly more than two Sith at one time, mm. because there was already uh, Count Dooku and and Darth Maul. Count Dooku wasn't a Sith Lord, was he? He was. He was Darth Tyrannus. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's you're right. Yeah. Point. Well, yeah, the the Sith, one, the Sith are wily. They are. They mm -hmm. don't play by the rules. No, they don't. <laughs> All right, well, I feel like we stopped talking about The Last Jedi like 20 <laughs> minutes ago. So uh, thanks for listening to our podcast. I, I hope uh, it can fill, you know, your holiday hearts with good cheer. Um, <laughs> and you, Sean, are going to return. Uh, yeah, we're going so to have a year-end uh, Francis Farmer show coming up next week. Uh, the... Uh, the actual slate of who's going to be on it is still kind of up in the air, but uh, there should be a number of Seattle screen scene writers talking about uh, the movies of uh, 2017 that we liked or didn't like or what, what have you. Ron Howard might be there. Ron Howard will not be there. <laughs> did Ron Howard direct a movie this year? I, if he did, I didn't see it. Oh. I think he was busy with... Uh, Prepping on the Han Solo yeah. movie. Was there a Da Vinci yeah. Code movie this year? I think year? there might have been. No, that was last year. Was that last year? Last year? Yeah. I don't know. When was the last time? I was in L.A., I think, when the last one came out. Yeah. No, I think that was last year. Because yeah. I remember seeing the, the posters for it, or the billboards for it, like yeah. all over uh, L.A. Um, the years all run together for me now. I know. I know. Yeah. The passage of my life is measured out in Star Wars movies. So... Uh, <laughs> All right, well, you know, it's fun talking to you, Sean. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> put your kids on. Let me lie to them some more. No, they're <laughs> hopefully asleep. All right. Well, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, you know, I hope you enjoyed this. Um, and I don't know. Maybe Sean and I will do like a – we should do a commentary for the Ron Howard Han Solo movie, like a, a live commentary. <laughs> like in the, in the theater. As we're watching it. Because nobody else is going to be in the theater. <laughs> No, nobody, nobody goes to see startup Star Wars movies. Well, <laughs> you know. So anyway, fairly well. Uh, good, have a good time doing whatever you do in the world. People don't hurt each other. Be nice. Uh, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy Star Wars yeah. holiday specials. There you go. <laughs> happy Life Day. All right. <laughs>